All right, Sina Pastor, Thank if you, you can just, just open us up in prayer. Lord, O Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. We recognize you as King, as Savior, and as Lord. And whatever we're going through, nothing is too hard for you. Could you show your unfailing love to us and to others? But we also recognize that you will bring the consequences of our generation sin upon the next. Oh God, you are great and powerful. You are the Lord of heaven's homage. We, you have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. And Lord, you see the conduct of all people around us. And they will be given what they deserve. You perform miracles. You perform signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. And you will do the same thing that has been remembered until today. And you have commanded to do great miracles upon the land and all over the world. You have made your name famous. So we praise you this morning. For who is like unto you? The God, our Lord, your glorious, your, your holiness, your awesomeness in splendor. You perform great wonders. So we sing to you this morning. We praise you this morning for your wonderful works to the children of men. And we say all glory belongeth unto you, the only wise God, whom we worship and whom we look forward to see. For when this life on earth is ended, we shall see you face to face. Help us to be ready as we prepare ourselves, protect us from all disease that is upon the land. O oh God, be our healer, be our deliverer. Continue to be our sovereign God and help us to recognize you and praise you for who you are, for what you have done, for your wonderful works to the children of men. Indeed, you are good and you are wonderful, and we praise you today. We pray for those who don't understand or recognize you, that, oh God, in spite of what is happening, some people are still dormant in their sin. And they turn their backs on you, and they will not praise you, and they will not recognize you. But, oh, for the few that have recognized you, Lord, we pray that we will find solace and consolation in your words. We pray for those who are weeping and mourning and sad today. God, we pray again for those behind prison bars, those in the hospitals, those recovering from the terrible disease that is up on the land. We pray for healing, touch the day. Send healing, we pray. Send deliverance and give us a heart to rejoice, knowing 
that, oh, we could have been in, under the cold clay, but you have preserved our life. Bless us today and be with us. In Jesus' name we ask it. We say amen and amen. Amen. And this right. is just to recap, uh, just to, again, remind everyone um, that we are going to be covering um, Two chapters, basically, two chapters today. Uh, a, a little bit of Galatians chapter 3, um, starting from the 23rd verse, right into Galatians chapter 4. And then after that, uh, our senior pastor is going to be doing that. And then after that, uh, I will come on and talk about Galatians chapter 5. This is just a panoramic view. Uh, this is not a, a detailed verse-by-verse uh, -verse commentary. This is just um, a panoramic view, uh, just to assist you with some background information and to kind of um, bring in focus the main ideas and points um, of, the, of these particular chapters and verses. Again, Senior Pastor, uh, over to you. Praise the Lord. We're dealing this morning. Greetings to everybody in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We're dealing with Children of promise. Children of promise. And um, we will see how Paul encouraged the believers that Christ frees us from sin and enables us to receive his promises. And three major parts coming to this summer today. That we are freed and we are adopted by faith. We are freed and adopted by faith. And if you're bound today, I hope at the end of this service that you will be free. Then, number two, he encourages us not to return to bondage. Do not return to bondage, he said. And then number three, we are free by God's promise. We are free by God's promise. And the last lesson that we had together before Mother's Day last week, emphasize, Paul emphasized the inheritance that believers receive by faith in Christ. And he told us that the inheritance comes to the believer um, through faith and not works. All right? Comes to us through faith in God and not works. We couldn't do anything to obtain salvation. So it's faith in Jesus Christ. As I said the last time, although we don't see him, by faith we believe that he's our Lord and our Savior. We are free and adopted by faith. And we talked about the last time that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. And here Paul was saying that uh, the person who has received the Lord is no longer under the law, but um, by is under grace. Um, verse 26 says that we are children of God by faith, um, for we are all the children of God by faith in Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. 
There, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. And because of that, we become seeds of Abraham and heirs to the promise. Now remember the promise that the Lord made to us. He said, um, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there he may be also. And we hold on to that. And we wait for that promise that um, we will realize when he comes back to take his children home. Now, I want for you to note here that the word children um, means sons in the Greek text because that's what it was written in Greek. All right? And it, it talks about or emphasizes full maturity. And because you are now a son, you have position of rights and responsibilities. He didn't um, say children, because the Greek word for children being used would have been one of endearment and tenderness. So the, word, the use of the word son showed that the believer has received the riches of God in Christ. Right? We have rights and privileges. We have responsibilities as sons of God. Um, and another thing I want for you to note here is that the word baptized in Christ does not indicate that salvation comes through water baptism. It's true that he gave the commandment, or the command in St. Matthew 28 to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But Baptism doesn't give you salvation. The truth is that you must be baptized. You must be saved before you get baptized. All right? We don't baptize sinners. We baptize people on the confession of their faith. So it has nothing to do with water baptism. Here, um, in verse 28, he, he says that the lack of discrimination, I like the lack of discrimination in the eyes of God. He, he points out that no one has superior access to God because of your race or nationality. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither does anyone have greater privilege with God because you are wealthy or free. And somebody said if salvation was a thing that money could buy, the rich would have it and the poor would die. So it doesn't have anything to do with God here. We are all recognized. We are all equal. We have all equal access to Christ. And the promises of Christ are available for whosoever, and I mean whosoever, who will believe in him. And we as Christians have received the promise of God, the inheritance of Abraham's seed in Christ. So, for in Jesus Christ there is neither, says George Whitfield, there is neither male nor female, bond nor free. Even you may be the children of God if you believe in Jesus Christ. Um, remember also, there's verse 3 of chapter 4. When we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the law. 
um, the bondage the person is on the before coming to Christ is that we sin because that's all we knew, right? We sin and did even care about it. It didn't mean anything to us. Before coming to Christ, the sinner submits to the world and we were submissive to the allurements of sin as the minor did to his parents. He is under that bondage. A person, a young person that is in the house must abide by the rules of the house. You're told what to wear. You're told what to eat. You're told when to come in to the house. But um, after that, when you become an adult, then all of that is gone. And the same thing is saying here that the schoolmaster that we were under was only a guiding force, but we must accept Christ for ourselves. Paul said, when I was a child, ache like a child, but now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. So um, the bondage that falls on the sinner is the fact that he's under and guided by and controlled by the principles of the world. All right? But um, verse Four of chapter 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And you could under, uh, mark that word redeem. We are redeemed not with silver, not with gold, but we are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord. And in many of his writings, um, David said that the redeem of the Lord says so. All right, we are redeemed, and because of that, we can cry, Abba, Father, our Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God um, to Christ. Verse, verse 7. Um, then he encouraged us that we should not turn back. We should not go back to the things that we left. Because what had happened here is that some of the Galatians had sought to secure divine favor, as we talked about the last time, as Christian, by observing the Jewish cycle of sacred days. Um, that meant a lot to them, but it was not salvation. They must believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he encouraged them that they should not go back into that because they were saved by faith in Christ. Now, note here that he was not condemning worship um, and days, um, but he was saying that that is not what you must put your faith and your trust in. Our faith and our trust must be in God, who changed our vile attitude. And um, we must not be influenced by people who are zealous to win them over for their cause. Right? You will you will have prophets coming, you will have people telling you that everybody is a pastor now and everybody is this and everybody is that. I have no problem with that as long as it lines up with the word of Almighty God. So be assured that um, as Thomas Merton said, to be risen with Christ means not only that one has a choice and that one may live by a higher law which is the law of grace and love, but that one must do so 
Not only that we must hear it, but we must live it. All right? We must live what we preach. And the first obligation of the Christian is to maintain their freedom from all superstitions. All their superstitious people around us. But we must maintain the freedom in Christ from all superstition. I have all kinds of things coming to my phone. What is going to happen from what is not going to happen. And I must call this and I will be successful in that. I trust in God and not in anything else. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I trust in the Lord. So, my friends, maintain your freedom in Christ. And then he also refers to Abraham's two sons. And we know the story very well, um, how that um, Abraham was made promise, and they reached to the point where they couldn't wait for the promise. So um, Sarah drafted a plan where she sent her husband into the maid and she conceived Hagar, conceived and had a son, and there was all kind of problem. Um, Sarah was mocked, and then they had to turn out this son because he, he was bond and not free. Um, and that's what happened when we don't wait on God. Whatever we're doing, make sure that the Holy Spirit is guiding us. Make sure that God is at the head of whatever we do. You're going to buy a car? Make sure that God is guiding you. You're going to buy a house? Make sure that God is guiding you um, wherever you work and what job you're going to do. Make sure that God is guiding you. And um, he promised here, he said, No, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born up to the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit even so it is now it is now nevertheless what says the scripture he says cast out the bandwoman woman and her son for the son of the bond woman shall not be heir but the son of the free woman so then said paul brethren we are not children of the bond woman but of the free stay free my friends stay free in christ Free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I hope this means something to you. As Pastor O says, we can't go verse by verse because of time, but I hope you will spend some time and think about it. And um, I'd like for you to focus on Galatians 3.29. If he be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and ears according to the promise. When we believe in Jesus Christ and um, appropriate, accept the provisions of Calvary, we are adopted into the family of God. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. We are not counted as stepchildren, but blood kin, heirs with the elder sons. We are his treasure, his jewel, his joy. We are privileged to have angels as lifeguards. Amen to that. We are given his coat of arms, the lion for courage, the dove for meekness, the eagle for power and protection. Belonging to the family of the Creator by physical birth is a matter which we have nothing to do. Belonging to the family, to Father's family on the level of moral and spiritual choice is a personal matter. 
We must all make that choice. God bless you today. Over to you, Pastor O, for the next segment. God bless you. Amen. And just a follow-up, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next few moments. Free in Christ. Free in Christ. And Senior Pastor talked a little bit about the law, um, a little bit about grace, uh, but what are these two words, law and grace? Because that, if you want to sum up the book of Galatians in a nutshell, it, it, it's actually summed up in these two words, law and grace. And what is the law? Well, the law, in the biblical sense, often refers to the Ten Commandments or the Mosaic Amen. Law, right? The Ten Commandments or the Mosaic Law. It could also refer to the first five books of the Bible. In, in the Jewish tradition, it's considered or called the Torah, right? The first five books of the Bible or the entire Old Testament. So when you hear a preacher or a Bible teacher talk about the law, then you'll understand what they mean. Um, Galatians 3.24 says, that the law was our schoolmaster, and our senior pastor talked about it a little bit earlier, right? The law is our schoolmaster or guardian to bring us unto Christ. In other words, the law was the measuring stick to show us how sinful and imperfect we are, right? So when we read the, the law books or the book of the law or the law, we recognize how imperfect we are or how sinful we are. And because of our sinful nature, because of the first Adam, right, the second Adam in, through Jesus Christ had to come to redeem us from our sinful nature. Now, what is grace? God's favor to us. God's favor to us. Right, uh, grace grants unto us that we don't what we don't deserve, and we see God's grace every single day when we wake up and have an opportunity to right our wrongs and ask God for His forgiveness. So, law and grace, right? There's a dichotomy there: law and grace. But uh, if you want to think about those two words, you can think about it in this way. Um, we have laws of the land, and anytime we break the law, we are subjected to some kind of fine or, you know, some kind of time, right? Whether we get a fine um, that has a monetary value or we have to spend time in jail or prison because we broke the law. Then you appear before the judge, and the judge says, you know what? Your case is dismissed, right? We, we will no longer hold this, uh, this to your charge. We won't put it on your record. Um, in other words, you know, you, in, in the eyes of the law or in the eyes of the court or in the eyes of the judge, you will not be held accountable, right, for this particular sin, um, or this particular law that you broke. And that's, in essence, 
um, if you want to think about it in, in our terms. That's in essence how you would approach it, right? Um, you are no longer held accountable for your sinful nature. Um, even though we continue to ask for forgiveness, God through his infinite mercy and grace through Amen. Jesus Christ says, listen, I will not lay this to your account. You are free. You, are, you don't have to spend any jail time, right? You are free from that sin that was laid to your charge. So law and grace kind of sums up the book of Galatians. Now in chapter 5, uh, chapter 5 really focuses on God's grace. In fact, chapter 5 all the way through the end um, of Galatians, the book of Galatians, really focuses on God's grace. Uh, chapter 5 can be divided into three sections. The first section um, has 12 verses, verses 1 through 12. Um, we look at caring for your Christian freedom. Caring for your Christian freedom. And that's where we actually find uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, this very popular scripture, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made, made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Right? Um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Um, so these 12 verses make us, make, tells us that we should make use of the freedom that we have in Christ to do good. To do good. Uh, we must always remember that as Christians, when we're walking outside of our houses, right, when we're interacting with the world, we are an emblem of God's grace. Right? Everybody should see God shining and beaming through us, right? We are an emblem of God's grace. Um, now, chapter 1 of verse 1 through 12 has to deal, has to do with endurance, right? Enduring as a good soldier. Things may come upon us. Circumstances may, may overshadow us. Um, we may have some difficult experiences in life. But that should not overshadow God's grace. We are living in God's grace. And we'll talk about walking in the Spirit so we, we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're going to talk about that very quickly, very briefly, a little later. Right? Um, despite, despite the hardship that may come our way, we must stand fast and stand firm. Right? Now, Verses 13 through 21, it tells us that we should serve freely in love. Serve freely in love. This is in service to God. We are encouraged to serve freely. There should be a reckless abandon, totally immersing ourselves in faithful service to Christ and others. Major Ian Thomas said, to live to and for yourself is to walk after the flesh. To live to and for Christ is to walk after the Spirit. So when you're living for yourself, by yourself, not including God in anything that you do, as our senior pastor talked about earlier, 
then you're basically walking after the flesh. That's what that means. It means that you're, you're um, satisfying your own um, situation, your own experiences. You're satisfying your own self. You're indulging in the things that are not of God. Because if you're walking after the Spirit, then you're indulging, you're practicing, you're taking part in, you're partaking in the things that are of God. So that's why we must be very careful the decisions that we make. And our senior pastor mentioned that earlier. When you're buying a car, when you're making a purchase of a home, when you're doing daily things in this life, we have to make sure that God is in control of us, right? That the Spirit is in control of everything that we do. We must seek His Spirit daily. We must seek His guidance daily. We must seek His direction daily in all aspects of our life. Everything that we do, everything that we say, must be guided by the Spirit of God. If it's not guided by the Spirit of God, then we may find ourselves in trouble, right? And this is some of the things that, um, that is a problem to, to us as Christians, is that we... Um, we make decisions that are based on our own personal, personal feelings or assumptions. We must always be guided by the Spirit of God when making our decisions. And then finally, verses 22 through 26, it encourages us to live in the Spirit. This is where we find the fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit in verses 22 through 23. And our senior pastor always does a very good job in um, giving us an example of like an orange, right? An orange has um, different pegs, has many pegs, but it makes one orange. All these pegs make one orange. Well, what are the pegs of the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And Paul says here, against such there is no law, right? Yeah. These are virtues that are not governed by a set of laws, but sin and corruption makes it difficult to maintain these virtues in our lives. We must strive to live by and with these virtues daily. And it is an absolute struggle for every Christian to abide in these virtues, right? How to love, how to be joyous, how to have peace, right? How to suffer long, how to be gentle, how to be good, how to have faith, right? The measure of our faith, how to be meek, how to have that temperament that we need to live in this life. These are very difficult things if we are not guided by the Spirit. So that's why we must walk in the Spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when we are guided by the Spirit, these things, even though they may be difficult at times, they start to become easier. And then we start to walk the way the Spirit tells us to walk. When we live in the Spirit, then we walk in the Spirit. When we live in the Spirit, then we walk in the Spirit. And I know when I was growing up, every time we hear Spirit, we think about 
you know, the activity of the Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues and, you know, falling out and yelling and screaming and hallelujah and amen. And no, no, no. The Spirit, the Spirit of God is there to guide us and to direct us Amen. in all truth and to direct us in how to live our life. So when we live our life the way the Spirit um, directs us, then we are able to walk in the Spirit of God. Um, it becomes natural. And, and we should not take care of the flesh at the expense of the Spirit of God working in your life because God wants to do some things in us and through us but we don't allow him to at times because we keep running there are so many people in in this life that are running away from the call of God and you know my encouragement to you is to stop running allow the Lord to use you stand firm stand still be still so that yeah. he can work Amen. through you and work with you so that somebody else will come to glorify him and somebody else will come to him and accept him as their personal savior. Um, I want to encourage you to look at your life and make sure that the things of God are your priority. The things of God are your priority. Yes, we have family. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, we have bills. Yes, we have all the things that make up this temporal life, right? We have to live in a house. We have to, you know, walk or ride a bicycle or drive a car or whatever the case may be. We have to get to places. We have to do things. We have to see people. We have to socialize. Yes, but we must recognize that in all these things, right, God must be our priority, the yes, things Christ. of God must be our priority, and I can't stress that enough. Um, and, and the kingdom, God will take care of his church, right? Because he, he, Jesus Christ established the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But sometimes we do things to hinder the progress of the church. And so we have to be very careful that whatever we're doing, that we're doing it in accordance with the spirit of God. Amen? All right, finally, um, Galatians 5, verse 1, let's go back to that. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Um, when I see entangled, I think about the children of Israel. Um, when they were delivered from bondage, once they got into the desert, all of a sudden now they started yearning and pining for the food that they had while they were in slavery, right? There are times when we're going to be in a desert place in our life. That does not mean that God is not with us, right? God at times carries us through a desert place in order for him to get the glory and in order for us to be totally dependent on him. Because there are times when we depend on our own knowledge, on our own strength, on our own ability. But God at times is going to take us through a desert place in our life so that we will be able to be totally dependent on him. 
for our finances, and, and, for yeah. our food, for our, you know, for him to work it out. Um, so give him the opportunity, right? I will wait until my change comes. That's what the Bible tells us, that we ought to wait until our change comes. And I often say it's very difficult at times, right? But we must be patient. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Uh, so we must exercise the freedom that we have in Christ. Right? We are no longer a slave to our sin. Right? We are now children of God. And our encouragement to you today is stay free. Don't go back to the sinful state that you are in. Stay free and be free. And be excited about the opportunity that God is going to uh, take and to use you in your capacity. Um, we have often said that there are times when he's not going to move you from where you are because he has you there for a particular reason or for a particular purpose. And so allow him to work that purpose out in you. And you're going to be amazed and surprised as to what he's going to do uh, if you just give him the opportunity, and the chance. Senior Pastor, we're going to ask that you um, pray this closing prayer. Um, you know, for those people that find it very difficult at times to stand. And so we ask that God would give him the grace and the courage and the strength to stand. If you can, just pray for those individuals at this time. Let, let me just um, quote what Lisa Wetchell said here that God wants to reveal himself as your heavenly father. When you wonder which way to turn, he'll guide you along life's path. When everything is falling apart, you'll feel your father's arm around your shoulder to hold you together. And I was reading a little thing just before I pray. It says, Sometimes I rush into heaven's throne room with a list. Through God's word encourage us. Though God's words encourage us to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There are moments when I wonder if I'm a little too bold. When my mind is filled with the things of this earth. I can only imagine what it looks like in heaven. Imagine the Father seated on the throne and ruling in glory, high and exalted. Around his throne there are seraphs hiding their faces in worship before the awesome wonder of the ancient of days. Father, we come to you today. We have imparted your words as the Holy Spirit gives it unto us. O oh God, we thank thee for the anointing to do so and you said before your words pass that heaven and earth shall pass away Lord we truly in these times we we all recognize that we are living in the last days and many things are happening and many things are yet to come before your return help us not to be wary in well-doing Oh, God, sometimes we are weighed down by the cares of this world. But, oh, we need to exercise faith in you. 
Songwriter said, My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my sins away. And now make me from this day be holy thine. Hear us today, Lord. Uh, we have situation, we have circumstances that we can control because we are not our own. We belong to you. And, Lord, we need to hold on to your promises. Oh, yes, because your promises are yea and nay. Oh, God, and help us to say like Paul, who or what shall separate me from the love of Christ? Any name and number of things shall tribulation, shall distress. Oh, yes, separate me, shall famine or sword. But he said in the end, nay, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Thank you for your love, your love that caused you to shed your life for us and your blood. Oh, God, and we thank thee today that even when you felt the pain and the the, the, the um, nails coming through your hands and your feet and the spear in your side uh, when they gave you vinegar and gall to drink. Uh, oh, God, you bore it for us. It was bitter, but you drank the bitter cup. Uh, hear us today. Save to the us today. Deliver today. Set free, Lord, and help us to know the God that we serve, that you are our Lord and our Savior, and you will see us through. Help us to say, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. May your grace that has led us safe thus far will lead us to the end. And we look forward to that glorious appearance, that glorious day, when you push back the clouds, oh God, and Gabriel sound the trumpet, and your children are called to come home, and you will say, these are those who have gone through many things, oh God, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Thank you today. Bless everyone today. Save, we pray. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying, oh God. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Help us to weep for the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell of the Savior's love that is mighty to save. Thank you today. And we bless your holy name and we praise thee forever and ever. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory belong it unto you. We say forever and ever. And we say amen to your words. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.